Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. And today I'm joined by editor-in-chief of Canisupis.com, Kyle Tige. How's it going, Kyle? Uh, it's going well, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, no problem. Um, Kyle and I are going to talk about yesterday's. So we're recording this on uh, Tuesday. So we're going to talk about Monday's Summer League win over the uh, San Antonio Spurs Summer League squad. Talk a little bit about Kyle's best man, Jaden McDaniels, and a few other Timberwolves players. Just kind of overall thoughts and overreactions and things like that. I also haven't talked since the whole Ricky Rubio trade went down and draft night and everything like that. So it's been a while since I've been on here. So we're going to touch on that stuff as well. But first off, I just want to talk about Summer League since that is freshest on people's minds. Kyle, what was maybe your biggest takeaway from all the summer league action that you saw yesterday? Um, well, as we as we talked about, uh, and we'll get into a little bit prior to Monday's summer league game, uh, it was probably the worst off season or most most boring off season in franchise history. I right. mean, when you don't, as, as as someone who produces content, I mean, we both do. Uh, when you don't have a draft pick in the first or second round. And you don't really spend any money on free agents because you don't have any money at the time. Um, it's been a pretty dry summer. So it was just nice to see a pack of dudes with wolves on their chest running around. Um, but the game itself, I mean, Nathan Knight is, for better or worse, the biggest free agent acquisition of the summer for the team. Um, and I, th- I still think they have some bigger moves coming up. But uh, he looked great. I mean, he really... He, there, you saw some national media people during the game tweet out about how they're shocked Atlanta didn't offer him like the, the qualifying offer um, and that they should have kept him around. Atlanta's got so many good young players that they kind of just, it was a numbers game, but Nathan Knight looked really good. The Wolves haven't had a athletic kind of big like that. They can fly around and do stuff. Um, Jade McDaniels took on a huge offensive role, um, did a lot of things we haven't seen, did some, made some play, uh, made some plays doesn't have the sharpest handle, but that comes with more development and more reps. And then um, like Jalen Noel, I thought he, I thought he played pretty well. He started off pretty cold, but uh, they just looked good. They had moments of good defense. They had some guys out there like uh, it's like Isaiah Miller and uh, Wright who looked promising and might give you like a third point guard option. Um, the Iowa wolves are going to be loaded again, but yeah, all in all it was, it was fun to watch some basketball. We haven't had it, I think for 86 days. Uh, and overall it was a good, good product and it'll be fun to see them kind of bounce back again. I think they play on Thursday against the bulls and, and yep. see, um, that'll be kind of headlined by Jade McDaniels. Who's a second year guy versus Patrick Williams, who made a pretty good impression in his first, uh, his first summer league game as a second year guy. So you, you said you caught a half and then some highlights. What was, what was kind of your biggest takeaway before we move on? We're going to get a quick break. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. 
Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today, or you can even use your mobile device. You'll join. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online. Start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Yeah, so I caught the first half. I'll just put that out there on the pod too, so people know that. I saw the first half and then wasn't able to watch the second half, so I came back, tried to watch as many highlights as I could, and they showed pretty much almost every basket, which was cool, but obviously you missed the the bad stuff too. But just from the first half, I think the one thing that I really really kind of stood out, stood out to me was how much um, Nathan Knight like operated from the top of the, you know, the top of yeah. the key and yeah driving and you know passing i liked his assertiveness obviously that's not what you would be getting from him and at the nba level you're not going to allow him to do that all game long just because you have way more talent but nathan Knight looked really promising like you said a guy that actually has some athleticism and can jump out of the gym can score um can theoretically protect the rim a little bit um i know his defense isn't the best but i think he has a lot of potential in that area so he was some he that was something that really stood out to me was how assertive he was um and i had watched you know some of him just like videos of him playing for the hawks last year actually played a lot of games for the hawks so i really did like this pickup on a two-way i guess before i move on to anyone else do you think there's a chance nathan knight plays himself out of the two-way contract into a fully you know full nba contract uh, that's a good, that's a really great question. I probably defer to someone like you or, you know, some of the more cap savvy people. I don't even really honestly know how that works. I, I, I think, I mean, I think we also have to like, this is always a preface for these next two weeks. When you listen to any podcast about any basketball team is that it's summer league. Um, the level of play yesterday, while it was entertaining for two hours, it was not good. Um, and I thought he had some really nice moments, but I also kind of thought too, like, you know, there's a reason that he's going to be a spot minutes guy who could catch, you know, a week straight of DMPs, uh, once the regular season kicks off. So I don't know. I, it'll be interesting. I mean, the wolves have some leverage there with, with how they're doing that contract. Um, I think they've shown a propensity in the past with, you know, Jordan McLaughlin or some of these other guys that anytime they have leverage, they're going to use it. So I don't know. I think they'll probably keep him on that two way, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I think, I don't think we'll have any clue whether he plays well or not until we see how the, the Vanderbilt domino falls. And I think that is the next domino to fall. Um, but he's, he, he's earned it. I mean, he looked good yesterday. If he can do it again on Thursday, that would be, that'd be pretty impressive because he's going to be banging against Patrick Williams. Uh, and that'll be a good litmus test to see where he's at professionally. Yeah. So for those of you who maybe didn't catch the game yesterday, Nathan Knight did end up um, playing a total of 26 minutes for that, for the summer league team. He got, um, he grabbed nine rebounds. He had two assists and he had 19 points on seven of 12 shooting. He was only one for four from deep, but four for five from the line. So I think the really impressive thing to me is just how well he was able to, you know, rebound the ball he had five offensive rebounds and four defensive rebounds in that time obviously again it's just summer league none of that really matters that much um but i think it does matter some uh and the thing that the reason i asked about the two-way thing is so in 2019 nas reed 
uh, played for the Timberwolves in summer league. He initially signed a two-way contract coming out of the draft. Um, but then he got his Gupta special contract, that four-year contract, low money, you know, team options, like all the time deal. And Nas averaged just 12 points, five rebounds, two assists over the course of that summer league. Um, and they promoted him from his two-way contract that he originally signed up to that Gupta special contract. So I wouldn't necessarily put it past this front office to, you know, retain Nathan Knight on a really team friendly, you know, deal like they did with Nas Reed. Um, obviously Nathan Knight wants to be here. He picked the Timberwolves over a lot of other teams. Maybe that's to learn from Kath. I believe that's why Nas picked him as well. But I, I think there's a chance depending how, like you said, how the Vanderbilt domino falls. I think there's a chance that Nathan Knight gets offered a two way and accepts it, or excuse me, a full NBA contract accepts it. And he's on the team for the next few years on a pretty team friendly deal. Um, but you know, he did play a total of like 33 games last year for the Hawks. So I think he believes that he has like the skill to be in the NBA. Um, and I bet the Timberwolves believe it too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he just stays on that two way, but you know, part of me thinks they might want to open up another two-way slot to maybe get Isaiah Miller in there. If they can have Miller and McKinley, Wright. Um, if they don't bring back Jordan McLaughlin, that's another player that we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, so maybe McKinley, Wright Is their third point guard. Um, and he might have to play quite a bit And between him and Isaiah Miller. Maybe that's how they can really fill that third point guard role, especially when you're talking about the second point guard at this moment in time being Jalen Noel and, maybe Anthony Edwards, you might need some point guards. Maybe they want to get Nathan Knight, you know, fully converted on NBA contracts so they can have two point guards that can fill up like, you know, pretty much every game as a backup option. It it's probably a, it's probably a conversation for um, September when we get closer to having nothing to talk about again. But, um, but yeah, that, that second point guard spot, I mean, this might be a, we're going to talk about Rubio in a sec, but, I mean, they, you went from having a starting caliber point guard in Ricky Rubio as your backup to the blank. Um, and I've liked what a couple of the young guys on the on the Summer Wolves have done. Um, but it's, it's like, but then you got to figure out the Jordan McLaughlin thing. Like, are some if Jordan McLaughlin comes and he's like, you know, I, I want to finally get paid. I deserve it. And he's probably right. Maybe the Wolves just say, hey, we're not going to keep paying, you know, these little premiums to players that we can just replace, right? Like the Wolves are kind of in this financial situation as they are right now because they're paying just a little more for Jake Lehman than maybe the Lakers would have, or a little more for Juancho Hernan Gomez than the Lakers would have. And you just, you can't do that. So, and there's also free agents out there that, again, that we can talk about, but that are intriguing. Like I thought Dante Exum looked really good uh, in the Olympics. And I thought, you know, I've always been a Dennis Smith Jr. fan um, as a bench guy, right? So there's just a lot of those options. And I think the Wolves will probably play it that, well, you know, J-Mac might have your heartstrings. They're not going to overpay for that guy because they can't. They can't right. keep making paying premiums to these guys that aren't that good. So yeah, we're only game one. You know, we got to temper it a little bit, but it'll be interesting to have three more scheduled games before the Summer League tournament. Um, and let's see how, you know, Wright and Miller and those guys kind of, if they can continue to pop. Yeah, so they have a game Thursday, another game Friday, and then the last game is on Sunday, August 15th. So, again, there's three more chances to catch them, and then the, the tournament starts, so mm -hmm. you never know like how far they can make it down that. Um, moving on from Nathan Knight, at least for now, 
I want to talk about Jalen Noel before we get into Jaden McDaniel. So let's talk about Jalen Noel, or as the announcers called him, Jalen Noel. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> he um, he had a good game. Jalen Noel finished the game, twenty four points, uh, six rebounds, four assists, um, plus thirteen in the game. Obviously, he shot nine for twenty from field, so it wasn't great. He was three for eight from three. And the big thing we talk, or the big thing that's been talked about with Jalen Noel over you know, the course of the summer is if he can be a point guard and if he can be like a off ball catch and shoot type of guy, rather than a, you know, live dribble, um, pull up type of shooter. And he made three threes yesterday and all three of the threes, he actually made work in catch and shoot situations. I don't know how many of the ones he missed were also catch and shoots, but it was apparent that he's been working on that. And if that continues to be something that could be really, really important, especially considering the fact that Malik Beasley potentially could be traded for another piece and he is your best catch and shoot shooter. So you need somebody to partially fill that role. So if Jalen Noel can partially fill that role, that would be really, you know, advantageous for the team. But what did you think of Jalen Noel's game? Obviously you watched the whole thing and I only caught the first half. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all kind of talked about how he's kind of like a generic brand Malik Beasley in a sense. I mean, there's multiple ways to dissect that and say that that's not, you know, and they don't shoot the same percentages and all that stuff, but I like him as that kind of gunner role off the bench. Um, personal taste. I like my backup point guards to just be guys that set the table. And I don't know if Jalen has that in him. I mean, he's more than just a catch and shoot guy, but I don't think he has that Jordan McLaughlin. Like I'm, I can get mine, but I really, the point of my job is to make sure the other four guys who are all, you know, usually bench guys as well can have easier attempts to score and defend and all that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, he has a role on this team as, you know, maybe a backup shooter or like, like you said, depending on how the Beasley thing plays out, does he back up ant a little bit too? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, ideally I would have a point guard in there. Like I said, that that Exum Smith junior McLaughlin that can run an offense. I, I don't know if I loved Jalen Noel running an offense, but, um, again, he, he's being thrown into some new challenges, just like Jade McDaniels is. So let's see how Thursday, Friday and the, and the weekend play out. But, uh, I, 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 my cup of tea would be to have someone else in that role. Yeah. And I, I kind of would agree with you there too. Um, but I thought he had a solid game. We'll see what it, you know, translates to, obviously he's going into his third year in the league, um, coming up, but it was nice to see him, you know, hit some catch and shoot shots and, you know, he did have four assists. Um, but he also had three turnovers. So I don't know if that, that, that his playmaking is all there, but if you're talking running him with the second unit, um, and you're going to stagger minutes and stuff too. So I think it might work out fine, but I, I, I think I want more of a traditional point guard and that's maybe why I'm kind of hoping that someone like, uh, McKinley Wright is able to, you know, get out there and maybe steal some of those minutes or if they right. can bring in somebody, but um moving over to mckinley Wright, he was four for four in the day he only took four shots he didn't take a single three um grabbed three rebounds two assists um but he did also have five steals in yesterday's game and he is just a hound on the defensive side of the ball and i like legitimately probably one of the best point of attack defenders on the roster um like and the the nba roster for the timberwolves not just the summer league roster he's just kind of like Josh Akogi, like up in your grill, like does not let you get any space. And it was cool to see him line up against um, Trey Jones. Um, obviously those two went at it in the 
you know, state championship when they were in high school. So it's cool to see them match up again um, at an NBA level. But I like McKinley Wright. I love his defense. Um, we'll see what his shot looks like. We haven't seen much from him. Dane said on his podcast that he was at a pro am game watching McKinley Wright, and he said the stroke looks good. So mm-hmm. maybe that's promising. But he obviously is somewhat hesitant to shoot them which isn't always a good thing um, when you talk about confidence, things like that. And obviously we've gone through that time and time again with Jared Culver, but yeah, I, I thought McKinley Wright really stood out defensively and I think he could earn some minutes just by, you know, being that bulldog type of defender at the one that the Timberwolves don't have. D'Angelo Russell is not a defender. Um, And then like Jalen Noel also is not a defender. So they could use that in a backup role. So I wouldn't be surprised if, they use up pretty much all of his, you know, two-way time next season. Yep. So do you have any other thoughts on McKinley right before we move on to your boy, Jaden McDaniels? No, like I said, I think he, he showed a propensity to kind of be a dog yesterday. I mean, there was a, there, there were just some different things on the, on the first day of summer league for the wolves that we haven't seen before. Right. Nathan Knight was just a different type of athlete at that position than a Nas Reed or, you know, anyone we've seen before. Um, same with McKin- McKinley, right? I mean, the Wolves don't haven't really had a lockdown kind of point of attack defender like that at that position, um, and it's a need for them. But it'll all it'll come down to whether or not he's on the team. Will kind of come down to a month from now once all the dust settles on whatever they do in free agency here these next couple of weeks. But he he can play for sure. He should definitely. Uh, I mean, he's made it known that he had the opportunity to be drafted, but those second round guys would rather pick their spots rather than be forced into a role that maybe they don't, or a team they don't want to be with. So he chose Minnesota and um, it, it'll come down to this next week or so. If Minnesota wants to choose him to kind of be their, you know, 14th or 15th guy. It's kind of cool to think about like he chose Minnesota, you know, Nas Reed chose Minnesota a few years ago. Nathan Knight supposedly chose Minnesota. Like some players, like obviously McKinley Wright has ties to Minnesota, but it's cool to kind of be wanted because like, you're not a destination by any means, but to have those guys like want to come here is just somewhat cool. And I get it from like Nas's perspective, like his skill set is somewhat similar to cats and learning from cat. is like, you know, probably the best thing for his career. So obviously that probably works out well for him, but it's just cool overall. Um, last player I want to talk about in depth is, uh, uh, Jada McDaniels. He scored 18 points. He had six rebounds, four assists, um, shot seven for 13 from the field. What did you see in Jaden? You know, it's been hyped up all summer. Jaden is going to, you know, run the show. Jaden's going to be the guy for this summer league team. Uh, what'd you see from Jaden that you didn't see during the season? And how does that make you excited or not excited? Or what does that, how does that change your feelings for this upcoming season? Uh, I mean, defensively, he was everything we saw last year and just better. I mean, I think Dane Dane Moore tweeted this out, but he he will be one of the league's best wing defenders next season. Um, now, whether or not he gets the national accolades will probably come down to more of a team defense thing. You know, like if if he's awesome, but the team is in the bottom third of defensive metrics, then it's probably not going to be his time. But uh, he was everything is advertised offensively. He just looked like your normal person who in their job was really good at their job and then was asked to like, here's some more tasks for you to do as you work on career development. Um, had some strides, had some, I mean, like I said, his handle was not great, 
But he also, I think Dane tweeted out a, a snippet. He's at the top of the key and he kind of does this little hesitation dribble and he gets right to the rim. I don't think he finished the play or he might've turned it over, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he had four assists and four turnovers, which tells you he's making some plays. He's trying some things. Um, I don't think he hit a three pointer uh, yesterday. So, I mean, that was kind of sort of his bread and butter too, as a three and D guy is rookie year, but uh, he had a lot of mid range shots. His releases, I know we're not making comparisons, but his release is Kevin Durant esque in that it's so high, high. right? Like you can't block him. So even if he takes a contested mid range shot, it's just not as contested as you'd think. Yeah. So so I have something to say about that actually. So when I was watching and then I watched the first half and I saw it a few times and then also watching the highlights after Jada McDaniels, he would get to like the short mid range area and create some separation and it seemed like every time he would like pump fake a little bit and then the guy would be right there, but he shot over them. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like you said, his release is so high that it didn't really matter. But, you know, part of me thinks, you know, if he just gets rid of that, you know, little, it's like a hesitation. It's not even like a pump fake. Like he's trying to get them in the air. It seems more like a pump fake. Cause he needs a little more time to like set up or something, but um, he made most of the shots. So obviously it's not like the end of the world, but when you get to like NBA type, level defenders it's going to matter a little bit more so i'd like to see him get that out of his you know Mm -hmm. motion a little bit and get that pump fake but it was good to see him be accurate with those shots he made a long mid-range shot he made a bunch of short mid-range shots um so it's cool to see that but i would like to see him you know take that little hesitation pump fake out of it just and be a little bit more confident shooting those and and you know he's just the, the offensive thing like the creation and stuff and putting the ball on the floor you just want to see him be able to kind of do it more. I don't mind if his dribbles high or if he turns it over, but um, the reality of it is like, was his defense just as pristine as it was to end the season? And it was, and it was even yes. better. I mean, he yep. put some guys in shackles and when you realize, you know, watching this again, summer league, it's a lot of fun, but it's not a great product. I'm, you know, the, the paint is packed. Um, there, there, There's not a lot of spacing. I mean, even though you got some shooters on the floor from Minnesota, it's just, it's not what it's going to be like when he tries to drive the lane and he's got cat spaced at the top and D and ant and Beasley in the corner. So um, you just want to see him you, more than anything. You just want to see him be like, yeah, I do want to try to take my guy off the dribble. If it sucks, it sucks, but it's the mentality thing. That's more promising. He's not shying away. I mean, the game got tight at the end and he was calling for the ball and trying to make stuff happen. So that that's all you want to see. And he, he is a phenomenal guy in interviews. Like he is really a humble dude. Um, and he, he, just seems to love everything about playing basketball and, and being in Minnesota. So that that's great for sure. Yeah. And like you said, the defense is really what matters. If, if you get what you got last year, but yeah. even a little bit better defensively, and maybe even a little bit better shooting the three, anything on top of that is just like icing on the kick. Like if he yep. can take a guy off the dribble, like those, those are the things that would be really important. Um, not really important, but really, um, you know, beneficial for like, getting this team like over the hump, over the hump, but like you are, I am fully okay with him just being like a lockdown, knockdown three and D type of player. Cause I think he can be that. Um, but like, if he could take a guy off the dribble and have like have anything, that's just like, you know, you're going to take that and you're going to run with it because out of the 28th pick, you're not expecting even to be a lockdown defender with the three point shot. You're just kind of ex- right. hoping that you can be something. So yeah, icing on the cake anything on top of that. So I thought he looked good. Um, yeah, defensively he's, he is going to be one of like, he was probably almost deserving of like, 
all NBA, all defensive team last year. Um, but obviously the team defense sucked. So like nobody was going to notice that. Yeah. But this coming season, you know, he could theoretically get there. If the team is like close to average defensively, I think he's really going to stand out when every single night he's going to be guarding, you know, from James Harden to like Brandon Ingram to Kyrie Irving and just whoever comes in his path. He's a point guard, a power forward. It doesn't matter. Like he's going to do whatever he can to lock him down. So that's, we haven't really had a guy like that. I mean, Josh Okogie, yes, but I'm saying a guy that can also benefit you on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm just really excited to see that, you know, last year wasn't really a fluke, which I wasn't really scared of it being, but it's nice to see that he's going to be coming back to this team, barring some massive trade offer. Um, and I'm excited about his future here and our future with him here. I'm with you. What? Okay. Some interesting news came out yesterday that I didn't even mention earlier, but what are your thoughts about Joseph Blair leaving the the Wolves here? Like the morning of his coaching debut at Summer League. Uh, I mean, it's like twofold. Anytime stuff like that happens and it's with the Wolves, you know, you got to be like, well, is this just more dysfunction? Um, he was announced five days ago, six days ago, by like Wolves PR as like the coach of the summer league team. Um, he had been here obviously for a year and kind of got a promotion into the Vanterpool role. Um, and then he's just out. Right. And that's a little weird. Um, I don't think it would have been as weird if that would have just, if we were just in the dog days of summer fall, like if there was nothing going on, I think we would have been like, Oh, okay. He took a promotion, which he did. And he got paid more money. Um, and the wolves have had, you know, a couple different situations this summer with not, being willing to break the bank for, you know, when a scout's contract is up or any of that stuff. So I think the timing from people like I've talked to since it happened was, was kind of weird, but I, I think in general, like, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. was just named the coach a couple weeks ago of the wizards. And then the wizards had one of the most chaotic five team sign and trades. And I think now Wes Unsell is just kind of building out his coaching staff a little more and, offer Joseph Blair a better opportunity. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't really turn that stuff down. So it does leave the wolves, you know, at the altar a little bit and kind of without a quote unquote defensive coordinator, but I'm not super concerned about it. Um, I mean, I, I thought the the guy that they filled in yesterday, I can't remember what his name is, but uh, I think his first name is Nate. He, I mean, he, he looked good and he seemed he made some good, you know, adjustments in the summer league game. So I don't think he's going to be the defensive coordinator. I think they're going to go out externally and find that spot. But yeah, it was just, you know, if the wolves had had two draft picks and six free agent signings and then had this happen, I think we would have been like, Oh, you know, it's just order of operations, a random blur. But when you have nothing going on and then this happens, I think you can understandably be a little critical of like, wow, the timing on that is weird. What would you think? Yeah, the timing definitely was weird. But when you also think about the fact that the Wolves straight up stole Chris Finch from Toronto's bench right, like right. halfway through last season, I didn't hear anything about dysfunction in Toronto. Obviously, it's not the same scale. Joseph Blair didn't get a head coaching opportunity. He got, you know, like a lead assistant role opportunity, but it's still a promotion from where you're at. Right. You know, and in the NBA where there's not that many of those opportunities, if someone gets that opportunity, they're going to take it. Wes Unsell just got hired recently he's still working on filling stuff out um so yeah i don't really see a that big of issue with it and maybe that's just me just trying to like 
you know, not pour gasoline on the fire, but like, it doesn't really phase me. Um, everybody was, you know, complaining about David Vanterpool and how the defense sucked, but then people said it was Ryan Saunders system. So it's not really on Vanterpool anyways. Well, now all those same people are freaking out about Joseph Blair being gone, but if it's the head coach's system, does it really matter who the defensive coordinator is? I don't, I, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. The timing was weird. You know, the morning of the summer league game, that's weird, but also you don't want him to coach your summer league team. If he's going to leave right after summer league. So like it probably came down to like, if you're going to leave, you got to leave now type of situation. So I don't know. It yeah. doesn't really yeah, bother I mean, me that much. Anyone who follows summer league knows that uh, like right now, every executive, I mean, all these people finesse ways into go to Vegas for a couple weeks. So every executive and coach and assistant coach and stuff, even if they're like, you know, Chris Finch isn't doing anything really with the team, but he's sitting courts that I mean, he's there. So you have all of the biggest NBA people in Vegas for two weeks. And that's kind of when deals get done. Um, that's why I think you'll see some movement on free agency stuff with the wolves is because every agent and player, I mean, you saw yesterday, all the wolves are in Vegas, Vanderbilt sitting right. with Carl and D'Angelo Russell and all those guys. So, um, and I think too, yesterday, not only did the wizards announce that they obviously had Joseph Blair coming over. Um, they like announced the signing of another kind of assistant coach for the, second row of their bench. So I think they're just filling out their stuff. And it just yeah. so happened that it, it happened at the same time. But, um, but yeah, it, it's never good to lose an assistant coach who I think was a pretty, I mean, I talked, we get to talk to him on media stuff and he's a smart guy. Um, he had some good things to say about defense. So the wolves didn't like kind of like the Rubio trade, right? Like the wolves didn't get better yesterday by losing a smart person on the payroll, but um, let's see what they do to fill it out because they have right. to get another coach. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I was excited for Joseph Blair just because he does have like a pretty good track record, but I'm not like, you know, up in arms about it by any means. Um, uh, so let's move on. Um, actually, let's stick with Summer League. So I tweeted something just a little bit earlier today. I just wanted to read the replies. They're kind of funny. Um, so I just said, you know, let me hear your biggest overreactions to Summer League. Um, some of these are pretty, pretty good. Um First one is that Nathan Knight can be the starting power forward because his game is exactly what cat needs at the four. Um, don't necessarily agree with that considering he's not like the best defensive player, but if he does get that, I think he could be a good fit. Um, this one is the one that I think is interesting. Um, someone said, forget McLaughlin sign right to a four year, $6 million deal. Like, um, Nas and Jalen Noel and convert Miller to the two way deal. So this is kind of what I talked about earlier, but instead of, getting Knight on the full NBA contract. Do you get McKinley right to the full NBA contract and get Isaiah Miller in there? Um, what, what are your thoughts about that? If, if the Timberwolves didn't get another point guard and it was kind of Jalen Noel and like McKinley, Wright As the backup point guards, how are you feeling about that going into the season? Uh, I mean, again, I, cause I, you, uh, you had tweeted that out and I did, I studied, prep for this and I saw the replies. I think Jack Borman had tweeted out a similar thing and saw his replies and stuff too. Like, um, I just, I don't want to not give you an answer. I don't want to say next question, but we just got to remember that there's like, like Anthony Morrow outplayed Steph Curry by a Fast. significant margin in summer league, Anthony Morrow, when, when they were all rookies and stuff, like he just kicked Steph's ass, um, on the, on that golden state team. So it's just like, I just don't put too much into this. Like, yeah, I thought 
Miller and Wright looked really good. Um, but I also think that teams have backup point guards like Tyus Jones who are vets and are going to punish 20, 21 year old guys like that on two ways. So that goes back to my whole, I think you need, um, and it's kind of like the Nathan Knight thing too, right? Like I thought Nathan Knight looked good. Um, if he's the starting power forward, he had seven fouls yesterday and he could have had 30. He also got teed up in a summer league game that I didn't know was actually possible. So like, I don't know, man, if Nathan Knight's the starting power forward and you're a Wolves fan and you want to be good next year and you want to stop sucking, Nathan Knight can't go up against Anthony Davis in the third game of the season. Right. And then the next game go up against John Collins. Like you do kind of got to just pump the brakes a little bit, which I know is hard because we have nothing else to talk about. But I mean, I think those guys are solid players, but I don't think outside of Jaden McDaniels, and this actually includes Jalen Noel. Outside of Jay McDowns, there's not a player on the Wolves Summer League roster who's more talented than Nas Reed. And Nas Reed's still not starting, right? Like Nas right. Reed isn't a starting center in the league. And a lot of people would say he's a good center on a good team, but he might not be the starting center on a playoff team. So right. if none of the guys are better than Nas Reed and Nas Reed can't start at the four next to Carl, like maybe we got to pump the brakes on, on that. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think one of those guys should get a chance as a third point guard. Um, your third point guard though, doesn't necessarily play right. Like when Rubio was here, Jordan McLaughlin had a lot of DMPs. So uh, I think one of them should play. I'd love to have a fiery athletic defensive minded guy that you can sick on someone who's hot on the second unit, right? Like let's say Lou Williams comes in in a game and he's going crazy. Yeah. Put one of those guys on him and have him try to lock him down for five minutes. But I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think we're getting into the weeds a little bit here about how we're, really hyper-focused on who's going to be the 14th guy on the team. A lot of these guys, man, aren't even going to be in the league. As fun as they're going to entertain us for two weeks, they're not even going to be in, like, the G League. Like, some of these guys on the Wolves, you're like, oh, that guy was cool. They're going to be in China (laughs) in a couple weeks. So let's just – let's pump the brakes. But, I mean, you you seem to be a little more intrigued by some of these fits than I do. So, like, what – who do you like more? Yeah. um, So, like – I'm just trying to focus on the guys who I think like might actually have a somewhat decent chance of at least being like on the Iowa wolves, potentially like playing on a two way and things like that. Um, I like McKinley Wright for his defense. Talked about that. Um, and I like Nathan Knight and I wouldn't mind Nathan Knight, you know, being an end of the bench guy, just kind of seeing what he's got. But if he's the starter, I think you're in like really big trouble. Um, because I don't think he's that good yet. He, I think he has a pretty high ceiling, especially if he can get a reliable jump shot and, you know, work on his defense a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not like overly high on anyone. I've just, you know, the I see the potential, you know, it's summer league. I asked for overreactions. We got some, um, but I'm not going to read too much into anything other than like, like things you can read into is like, if someone has a good handle or if someone's jump shot looks good but like there's a lot of things you can't read into the defense isn't to the level that it's going to be at the nba level so it's not you know you have to take everything with a grain of salt and that's kind of what i try to remind myself and try to remind people but it is fun to see just the type of overreactions people can have from you know 40 minutes of a summer league game on august 10th when the season doesn't start for another two and a half months but I don't know. I, like I said, Isaiah Miller, also the athleticism he brings is kind of cool, but like if he's your backup point guard, like you're 
kind of screwed also. So I think the Wolves still have moves to make. And I want to transition into that away from summer league into the moves or the lack of moves that the Timberwolves have made. Um, pretty much the only thing other than signing their two way guys is they traded Ricky Rubio for Torian Prince, a second round pick and $2.5 million cash, which basically means nothing because they didn't buy their way into the second round. So what were your initial reactions to that trade? Um, when that broke, you know, on draft, I wouldn't say draft night, but like draft afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those, I wrote about it that day too, but like, it was one of those emotional things where I think if it was any other person's name, um, I mean, Ricky Rubio is probably like the second or third most beloved Timberwolf, uh, ever behind like Kevin he's Garnett. And now maybe definitely Ant second, Edwards. definitely um, second. Ant will yeah, be, yeah. I think Ant will pass him, but he's for right now. I think he's far and away the second. Yeah. And so I think the emotions of that, when you make a, when you make, I kind of, I was talking to Dana about it and it's kind of like a, Rosas has made a couple of these like alley-oop moves where when he traded Sarich in the 11th pick to move up for what he thought would be Garland, that was kind of like the alley part. And then there was no oop, right? Cause there was no Garland there. So you're kind of left to be like, okay, now we got to pivot. Um, similar thing with this Rubio thing. The Rubio trade is done because you're trying to address more of a need, which, the, which, is, which they did right. get a little asset here or there, and then open up some cap flexibility to do other stuff. Well, when you know it's kind of like again another alley oop thing is like when they had our uh Ronde Hollis Jefferson and they got rid of him because they wanted to keep the flexibility of the roster. Well, then they they never did anything with it. So it's in and of itself, the team didn't necessarily get better because Rubio is probably not probably Rubio is just a better player than Prince. Um, but D'Angelo Russell is by all accounts the healthiest he's ever been, and he's gonna start at point guard. Uh, so Rubio's coming off the bench, no matter how you feel or what side of that coin you're on, and you can't have an $18 million backup point guard. So they did shave some money. They addressed more of a need or kind of a fit. They don't, you can never have enough of those three and D type wing players. Um, and the wolves secretly don't have as many as you think, right? Cause Wancho right. and Lehman and Jarrett Culver, like all those guys, we don't know if they're going to be in the rotation. So I like the move because any time it's close right anytime it's like well that guy and that guy are kind of similar but i'm saving money and i'm getting a pick then i just lean towards that i think you always see those teams win um but again everyone has said this you'll probably say the same thing i'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because i haven't really seen much from you on it uh they didn't get better (laughs) that day so they could do something this week next week next month that they finally use that space and they're better but they didn't get better that day so i can see why you would want to be critical yeah, I'm pretty high on the move, to be honest with you. Um, okay. Not like I don't necessarily think that they did get better, um, which is weird to say I'm high on the move and think that they got a little yeah. bit worse, but they still, you know, like, let's be honest here. The Timberwolves are not going to go out and sign anybody during free agency, maybe a mid-level guy. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're thinking Balmero's coming over, you don't even have the money to use the full mid-level without going to the tax. And I don't, I don't think they're going to the tax. So them not doing anything during free agency didn't surprise me. It doesn't make me like mad. Yeah. I'm not like that. That doesn't really bother me that much. Um, something that does bother me a little bit was not using that 2.5 million to buy your way into the second round, um, of the draft, but you know, maybe, 
they knew they could get like Nathan Knight and they knew they could get McKinley Wright on two ways and not need to spend that money to get into the second round. Um, and they weren't going to sign a second round pick to a full NBA contract. So maybe that's all that they were, you know, planning to do with it. I don't really know, but we talked about this in a round table earlier this summer for Canis. And the one thing that pretty much everybody in that round table talked about was getting some size and defense and shooting on the wing. And I'm not going to say that Torian Prince is like an otherworldly defender. I think he's probably about average, um, but he's a really good catch and shoot shooter. And he is a very, you know, large wing compared to the Jalen Wells and Malik Beasley's that we currently have on our roster. So I'm really not that upset about it. You need to get a backup point guard. Um, I think you need to try and find somebody better than Jordan McLaughlin as much as I like him. I don't know if platooning your second unit with him all game long is the right move. I don't know if Jalen Noel is the right move. I don't really know what the right move is. Um, but getting bigger on the wing was like the biggest thing outside of the power forward position. Um, I really hope Prince isn't the answer at the power forward or their answer at the power forward. I guess, let me ask you that. Do you think that their plan is to run Jaden and Torian Prince as like the fours on this team? No, because I think they're going to re-sign Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and I think it's just, it's an ugly process that you probably as an agent don't want your guy to be in. Um, but you know, there was some reporting done recently that I think Jared Vanderbilt's agent was actually the same as Tyus Jones and they strung the Tyus thing out until either a team, you know, balked and just tried to give them an offer sheet that the wolves won signed and then, or match. And they didn't. Um, but I, everyone you talk to, the wolves are really focused on Jared Vanderbilt. I think if they re-signed him at whatever the level it would be, I'm guessing it would be team friendly. He would probably be your starting power forward. Um, and, and on, on that Tyus note, I think it's important to remember, again, Ricky Rubio, heartstrings, remove your emotion. Tyus Jones, heartstrings, local kid, remove your emotions. Not matching the Tyus deal was brilliant. That, Tyus yeah. Jones was not, like, did he, I love him as a player. I've actually, he's one of the few guys I've actually got interviewed one-on-one. -on -one. Like, he's a great guy, but he hasn't lived up to it. The Grizzlies yeah. were trying to dump that contract this summer. Um, so when they decided we're not going to do that, we're going to pay Jordan McLaughlin one-eighth of what you make, it worked out. I don't think that's going to be the case here because I don't think they have any other options, but no, I don't. If Vanderbilt resigns, he probably plugs in at the four until they can make a trade or address it more. But yeah, if it's Prince, I mean, you're going pretty thin. And as we saw yesterday, uh, Jane McDaniels, like he's just so much better guarding out on the perimeter with his length and his size and his lateral quickness than he is banging against the guys I talked about earlier, right? With, with Knight. every night, if it's Harden, Luca, um, those types of guys, he can stay in front of those guys. He showed it, but if it's AD John Collins, some of these other thick guys, like it's, it's going to be far more difficult for him. So I think Prince is a rotation player. Um, it sucks that they lost Rubio, but again, they, they freed up some money. They can address some more needs and they kind of just keep flipping that James Johnson for Rubio for print like they just kind of keep flipping those contracts so that they have that money available if they do right. get into a situation where they have to make up you know they have to make 40 million dollars of outgoing salary to bring in a guy who's making 35 million right yeah and i i agree with you there i don't i think that vanderbilt you know i think there's a high likelihood he's back unless yeah there's a move that makes him like expendable you know 
you know, if they get a really, mm. really solid power forward, and then you're okay with like, you know, getting like bench minutes from other power forwards on the roster. But otherwise, I think he's going to be back. Um, and maybe even if they do get a really good one, I think he could still be back because I think his market's going to be like four million bucks, probably something like that. Um, and the Timberwolves have no, you know, they don't have to do anything right now because they're just waiting out to see if other teams are going to do anything. Um, so, yeah, I I don't nec- I'm not really sure how it's all going to play out, but I would be very surprised if it's not um, Torian Prince or excuse me, if it's not Jared Vanderbilt back on the Timberwolves this year. And I think Torian Prince and Jada McDaniels will probably split their minutes around the three and the four some. Um, but, yeah, I. I think that Vanderbilt will be back. I don't, I think Prince will play probably half his minutes at each position as the roster stands right now. Um, but I, like I going back to the original conversation, I do like the trade because I like picking up that second round pick. The Timberwolves have, you know, used up a lot of second round picks in trades that Davis trade. They sent out one, they sent out their second round pick this past season in the D'Angelo Russell swap, which people tend to forget about, but that second round pick ended up, turning into like Kelly Oubre, obviously that was like a, you know, OKC getting what they could get for someone, but you know, that turned into Kelly Oubre. So um, yeah, the Wolves haven't really managed their second round picks. Well, they got a few second round picks now in the next couple of years. So I think that's cool. That could maybe buy them, you know, a draft pick. Um, it's good ammunition to facilitate some trades maybe later this off season. So they have some, some move, some power to do something. Um, are you like, I, I, I think, I think that's important though. Like I think anyone who listens to your podcast and I've been on enough now, they know that you and I are optimistic, right? Like we, we, we try to see things glass half full. Um, but I think you can get into, and I'm guilty of this. You can kind of get into a fanboy status. Sometimes if you don't call out the bad things and you said it perfectly, the wolves have been under Gerson Rosas pretty damn terrible with how they value second round picks. Um, and there's kind of a, kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like they got Nas undrafted. They got McKinley, Wright Undrafted. Like they, they show a propensity to be able to sign those guys, but with those second rounders, you can still use those in some kind of creative deals. Like you said, with Ubre and stuff. Um, I mean, it's 2026, so who cares? Right. But that tr- second round pick they traded for Ed Davis was a disaster. It's not going to affect anything really. And Ed Davis is a free agent now. And by all accounts, I mean, they had Ed Davis day for the wolves. I mean, he sounds like it was a good vet, but you don't pay a second round pick to bring in a guy just to cheerlead. So right. Yeah. That. And then the second round pick they gave up in the warriors deal for in the Wiggins for Russell swap, not a huge deal again, but we just talked about when you're a small market team, you have to play by the margins and you have to kind of like take any advantage you can. And they punted on these seconds. So yeah, that I'm with you on that. Like, that's, that's, that's my biggest free, my, my biggest summer take is that um, if you look in 2020, six of the seven teams that drafted in the top seven, six of them didn't sniff the playoffs. I mean, the Warriors were in the playing game, but they didn't, you know, having a high draft pick doesn't mean you're going to be good the next season. And I think four of the top six spending teams in 2020 free agency, like didn't make the playoffs. So right. this, this, it sucks that we didn't have a lot of cool Woj bombs this summer, but doing things doesn't necessarily translate to being good. Um, I mean, there were some teams that were hella active. I don't, we're not going to talk about this. Maybe, maybe when things slow down, we could just do an off season recap. Like I didn't necessarily love what the Chicago bulls did. They got some players on their team, but they don't have like, they have multiple first round picks going forward. They have 
no financial flexibility for the next four years. Like the wolves didn't do anything good and that sucks, but they sure as hell didn't do anything bad. Right. Like they didn't, you know, that they haven't shown a desire to give up a first round pick to get Lori marketing. That's good. That's <laughs> like, I'm glad good. that they're not doing that. So, um, I, I I'm relieved that they haven't, they're going to come out of this season or out of this off season with more picks than they started with. And that's good. We'll see what they do down the road. They do have to win that. You know, you can't go out next year and be 20 and 62 again, or else people are going to lose their jobs. But, um, I'm just relieved in the fact that as the pressure starting to mount and you're starting to see people turn the screws on this regime a little bit, which they should, uh, no one's panicked. And that's, that's like the saving grace. Yeah. So I just looked and the Timberwolves have three second round picks next season. So they have their own. Um, they have the more favorable of Philadelphia and Denver. So both of those are probably going to either one. It's going to be towards the end of the second round. And then they have Washington's and Washington is kind of a big question mark, but you know, you could package a couple of those and, and try and make a trade, you know, swing a trade for someone or do something, you know, that benefits the team. Other than that, they still have all their first round picks coming up now. And then they have, all their own second round picks except for 2024 and 2026. So they are the cupboards are pretty full again when it comes to draft picks. When you talk about just having your own picks, obviously we're not to OKC's level. Um, but I did like what you said about, you know, we didn't get, you know, we didn't make a bad move. We didn't dump someone and trade a first round pick to do so. We didn't do anything like that. Um, so part of it is like if no move was made, there probably wasn't a move to be made. You know, and you don't want to overpay when you're, you know, a team that's trying to get out of the bottom and like set up long-term success. Like the, the, the Boston Celtics had a, you know, a, a hypothetical backcourt going into this season of like Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, if they would have resigned him and they, they had traded two second round picks at the deadline for Evan Fournier. So they got, you know, when they were kind of in mild, let's try to make a quick run at thing. They just traded some second round picks, which the wolves could do this spring if, if they're, you know, maybe a seven seed looking to kind of be a six seed and not be in the play in game. Um, you package some of those second round picks and go get an expiring guy. Um, also too, they had to use the 16th overall pick to dump Kemba Walker. You saw right. what the, the Pelicans had to do to dump Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. Like just, you saw a lot of contracts that were, you know, won the press conference in the year that they were signed. Like, Oh, my team signed Steven Adams. This is great. Or we acquired Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe. And then a year later, you had to use a pick to dump those guys. So the Wolves haven't taken on any bad money. They haven't taken on any bad deals, lost picks. So that's good. But again, the roster still has a lot of holes and some issues. So that's why they're not just going to be able to just go. They're not going to fast forward to October and have this roster. They have to at least sign a Jared Vanderbilt. Or if that goes south, you know, pivot and go to Paul Millsap. Or if things go south. I was just going to bring up Paul Millsap. And, and the Vanderbilt thing, I think, is still a need. He's so young. He has so much promise. But, you know, if if th- there's a path to this, and I'll let you get back to Millsap, sorry. But, like, <laughs> if you don't get Vanderbilt because someone says, screw it, we're OKC, here's three years, $30 million. The Wolves have to let him go. You yeah. can't pay Jared Vanderbilt $10 million. And then if Paul Millsap goes and signs for the veterans minimum with Golden State, now you're out of options, maybe you just call up Dennis Schroeder's agent and say, we'll give you the full mid-level for one year and a player option. He's going to want to be in free agency again next year, but maybe you just make an asset play where you bring in a guy who has name value fits a need, right? Because they don't have a backup point guard. Um, 
and then and then you kind of just roll it over again as as a contract. But yeah, I you I want to go back to Paul Millsap. I was really hoping for a Paul Millsap. I don't think you can have him and Jared Vanderbilt. Like you can't sign them both. Right. Um, but yeah, he is my like emergency plan if the V eight thing falls through. You like Millsap as well? He's old yeah. as dirt though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be. Th- 37 and I think February. So he's like, yeah, you know, halfway through 36, but yeah, I mean, you talk about like a veteran presence who at least knows what the hell they're doing defensively. Um, he's not the biggest dude, like height wise, he's only six, seven, but he's like 260 pounds. Like talk about wanting to get some size and some, some smart, some smarts next to cat Paul Millsap for, I don't know what his market is. Can't be too high because he's still unsigned. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind him, you know, you're, you're not going to overpay, like you're not going to give him like a four year contract. You're going to sign him for a year or two at, you know, a few million dollars. I think it would, I would do it. Um, and I just like the idea of shifting Jaden down to the three and not making him be the four. And I think this would be a good way to do it. I'm not saying it's going to be the answer. I'm not saying it's going to push us into like real solid playoff contention or anything, but I don't think it would hurt. I no, really I don't. It- I think it'd be interesting too. Like I said, the Schroeder thing, like if you can get him on a one and one because mm-hmm. that guy wants to get back in free agency because he made some mistakes. Um, let's, let's say the Vanderbilt thing goes South and now you're left with this hole. Well, now you can go throw the whole mid level, maybe at Paul Millsap for a one and one, bring him in. He's your starting power forward. And then you're either good enough that you're, I mean, he's, he was renowned for his locker room presence and veteran leadership in Denver. Right. Maybe you're good and you make the playing game or you're a playoff team next year. And if not, maybe you pull off the Evan Fournier thing again, where you flip him to the nets at the deadline because Blake Griffin went down and now they need Paul Millsap and they give you two seconds. So it's just, you kind of look at that asset play. Um, and it's why the wolves are in such a, for better or worse, just shitty spot is because right. they're so tied with they have, they have a ton of plans, right? You talk to anyone, they have, they were, they I mean, they were working on Alex Caruso sign and trade or being in on some of these things, but they can't do anything until the V8 domino drops. And then once that either goes one way, they can pivot and do some other stuff, or if it, he spurs them and goes somewhere else, then you can do a lot of other things. So it's this awkward eye or calm before the storm thing, but they still, the remaining guys that are good that they could sign. Yeah. And like you said, with Dennis Schroeder or Paul Millsap, yeah, they come in, they play well, and the Wolves aren't really looking like they're going to do much anyways. You know, trading them for an asset at at the trade deadline, I don't think that's a bad move necessarily. And maybe you take on a contract that's going to expire still too, so then you're still set up to have some flexibility under the tax next season. Because as it looks, the Timberwolves actually do have, like, there's a path for them getting, like, some real like space next season, uh, which is kind of weird to think about, but um, that's something that I would be interested in thinking about for next season. But what do you think there's any way the wolves could attract some sort of free agent if they did have some money at some point? Yeah. And I mean, it, I think it's, I think it's impossible in the NBA to have like a three-year plan because just, the player movement and things change so rapidly. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I'm guessing you, you, you might be pulling up the books right now, but I mean, if not, I think Dane Moore has a graphic he's tweeted out recently about what the salary cap kind of looks like, but yeah, there's guys that I think are on team options or non-guarantees next summer that come off the books. Next summer is going to be a wild time because it'll probably be when we're looking at either cat extensions 
or I mean, D'Angelo Russell will only have one year left on his deal. So what are you doing? Like, is he an extension or is he, you know, a, a really high priced expiring contract that you flip to a team? So there's a lot of options. And I think that pivots into the Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie thing, where you're going to see these guys start to be the face of the franchise more and more and, and be in more recruiting pitches and, and doing more of those things. So it's going to be harder to recruit big name guys or maybe medium name guys if you're not good. Um, you know, so, but I mean, you also see too, like some teams just overpay, but look at what Charlotte's done. Look at some of the guys Detroit signed. Like you can, Detroit was a terrible team and they got uh, Jeremy Grant and they signed, you know what I mean? They signed him, they overpaid him, but they got a good player uh, right. to come to their program. So I, I've never doubted that a team like Minnesota can't get good free agents. It's just, you know, do you have a reason? Like, can you overpay them? What do you have to do? And then do you have, can you show them like, Hey, we're building something. And this year, if Ant takes a leap, Jaden takes a leap. Yeah. It's not gonna be any problem for a guy in his mid twenties, late twenties. Like I want to go play with those guys. Cause right. they're special. Yeah. I agree with you there too. I just, I had seen someone tweet something about a uh, path to like cap space. And it was like not bringing, you know, Jared Culver back and all sorts of things. But overall, I just think the Timberwolves do have some players that people might want to play with at some point. I'm not saying, you know, LeBron James in his prime was ever going to sign in Minnesota, but you could have potentially got someone. Um, And speaking of Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie being, you know, kind of up, like up front and center for this team. um, I did see that they actually sat down with uh, Shams Charania and talked about Minnesota. And it sounds like they, quote unquote, love the city. And if it was 10 or 15 other cities, they wouldn't have gotten involved. But since it was Minnesota, they they wanted to. What are your thoughts on what they're kind of saying about being in Minnesota recently? Yeah, uh, I mean, they 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 were anxious to get approved. They're anxious to really make it public, right, that that they're the new minority owners of the team. Uh, they've had far more of a presence now. They've done some interviews. They did one with John. Um mm-hmm. I think you'll hear at least one of those guys coming up on Dane's podcast here in the, in the short uh, near future. Um, And then the things with Shams, I mean, they're saying all the right things. Um, And behind the scenes you hear, they're saying the right things as well. Um, They really like the market. They really enjoy the opportunity they have. I'm not, I've never been someone who's worried about them moving. Right. Um, And we've talked about that in the past. Yeah. I just, I just think again, talk about life in general, but like, even if there's a remote chance they move, we're talking six, seven years down the road type stuff. And six, seven years, I wasn't like, just think of where you were six years ago and now where you are now. I'm not worried about Yeah, I was in like high school. Right. So I, uh, I'm not worried about that, but yeah, I think, I think they're going to, if nothing else, this off season, again, going back to let's be, let's be real. It hasn't been a great off season. And I'm not just talking about lack of activity. I'm talking about, you know, losing Dr. Robbie Seco is like, it wasn't great <laughs> right? losing that yeah. longtime scout who has been there since the nineties yeah. wasn't great. Um, some front office turmoil, the jo- Joseph Blair thing. I mean, there's just a lot of the vibes around the team. The players are still pretty high. They're all hanging out in Vegas, but hasn't Ant's been getting a great baptized o- in Lake. Yeah. Minnetonka. Yeah. It hasn't been a great off season. So uh, to have that new blood in there, those guys are going to come in and be, very much that Silicon Valley energy. They're going to, you're going to see significant changes. I would say game one of like a fan experience level with maybe some different things in the app or maybe some different things in the stadium. 
um, and they're going to get more and more involved. And I think that's great because I mean, I have a lot of friends that work in that front office. I've worked in the business side of that for a little bit and interned. Um, I just think you need fresh ideas and fresh blood. And I think that's what they're going to get. And uh, a new energy should be great for the people that they keep or the people that they bring in or the people that they let go. I mean, it's going to be new energy in that, in that building. And that's what this team needs because as you just kind of highlighted, um, this team has the most energetic player, I think, in sports. I mean, Anthony Edwards is the best interview right now in professional sports in America. Undoubtedly. Uh, and and he, uh, it's regardless of what they do now, Conley Towns, I think, is still you know the best player on this team by a wide margin. But this is, at some point, the A-Rod-Laurie regime and tenure is going to be building around Anthony Edwards. So having that type of energy and that type of forward thinking is can only be a good thing for sure. Yeah. And I think there's a chance that Ant could be the best player on this team in a couple of years, you know, even with cat, for sure, being for sure. Here, which would, which would be like the best thing ever. Like, and it wouldn't be because cat is like getting worse. It'd just be that Anthony Edwards is getting better. But, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, with the ownership group coming in, there's some new excitement. I think the summer league got some people excited to watch the wolves again. It's been a little while. Um, the NBA season starts like October 19th. I think wolves probably won't play an opening night just because they never do. So probably like October 20th, but it's like just over two months away. So there's not much time left. Hopefully we have a couple more moves to fill out the roster and make some tweaks and adjustments, but I'm getting excited for the season. I'm assuming you're getting excited for the season, but you got a wedding and things to do between then. So time's going to go really fast. Um, do you have anything else, Kyle, before we get off here? No, as always, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, I think uh, I think it'll be a fun couple weeks of Summer League. Um, I had a lot of fun watching yesterday's game. We have three more on the docket and then the tournament. Um, and we'll I think we'll start to, because everything is starting to settle around the Wolves, that's actually when they'll start to pick up. Um, should have a you know assistant coach hired next couple weeks, maybe in September. Um, figure out the Vanderbilt thing, figure out the third point guard, and then maybe swing another Rubio type trade where you're swapping out one guy who makes X amount for another guy that makes X amount. So, right. um, and I don't really think we wanted to dive into this today. Cause it's been beat to death a little bit, but um, the Ben Simmons thing that's, that's going to have to get addressed um, before the season. He, There's no way he, he plays another game for Philadelphia. Right. So that domino and the Dame Lillard domino. And just, I think from a fan's perspective, wolves or NBA, there's a lot still to come. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a power pack two months. And then, yeah, like you said, we'll tip off in the middle of October and Rodriguez will be courtside and it'll, the stadium will be packed and we'll be semi back to normal. So, yeah, I, I think even if Ben, Ben Simmons isn't in Minnesota, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rosas swoop in and do something as a third team, especially knowing that Daryl Morey's going to be one of the other GMs in that trade. So yeah, I think something there could be some Timberwolves news related to that trade, even if Ben Simmons doesn't land in Minnesota, but that's a conversation for another time. It's been had, it will continue to be had until the trade goes down. But anyways, thank you again, Kyle, for coming on. I really do appreciate that. Um, good luck with everything. Good luck with your wedding here in a few weeks. Um, exciting stuff. But other than that, thank you guys for listening. This has been the believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by bet online. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.